this morning, uh, we, the churches that are under the ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, have been asked to read this catechetical homily from our patriarch. So I'll read that and then say a few words afterwards as a homily. Most honorable brothers and blessed children in Christ, we glorify God in Trinity who has once again guided us as a church to the venerable and blessed period of holy and great Lent, the arena of physical and spiritual discipline and ascetic struggle in order to prepare ourselves in a manner according to Christ and journey in humility to the holy and great week and the life-giving resurrection of our Lord. Ascetic discipline is, of course, not only a feature of holy and great Lent, nor is it solely a matter of concern and obligation to monastics. Asceticism belongs to the core of Christian existence and the life of the church. It constitutes a calling by Christ to his faithful and a witness of his saving presence in our lives. As believers, we do not address an impersonal or inaccessible God, but the incarnate word that revealed the love of God the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit, the fullness and grace and freedom. In this sense, filled with divine blessings and especially profound experiences, holy and great Lent remains a dynamic expression and revelation of the treasure and truth of church life in its entirety. Nothing in the life of the believer is fragmentary or an end in itself. Life in Christ is holistic and undivided. Repentance, humility, prayer, fasting, good deeds, all these are intertwined and orient the believer to the Eucharist of the church, the mystery of the kingdom. Ascetic struggles are the beginning of the narrow gate that leads us to the holy of holies. Ascetic discipline is a journey it is fulfilled when it becomes part of the church, when it leads to communion of the sacred mysteries, which in turn incorporate us into the movement of the church toward the kingdom. Remember the example of St. Mary of Egypt, who was honored on the fifth Sunday of Lent. After 40 years of harsh ascetic struggle and unceasing prayer, she sought to partake of the body and blood of Christ from the hands of Zosimus, in full knowledge that Holy Communion is the source of life and medicine of immortality. There is no orthodox spirituality without participation in the Divine Eucharist, through which as believers we become one body, a communion of persons, the community of life, participants of the common salvation in Christ the Savior, who is the common good. Therefore, fasting is submission and obedience to the rule of the Church, a communal experience. Holy and Great Lent is an invitation for us to discover the church as a place and a way of sanctification and sanctity, as a foretaste and image of the splendid radiance of the fullness of life, of the complete joy in the eternal kingdom. We cannot comprehend the spirit of Holy and Great Lent if we do not perceive it as a journey toward Pascha. The entire period of fasting preserves the possible perception of life. This spirit was the experience of the fast in the early church, where it was a time when the catechumens prepared for holy baptism during the divine liturgy on the night of resurrection. Even when later the catechetical nature of this period of fasting was replaced by the ethos of repentance, the experience of repentance as a second baptism was nevertheless preserved 
and leads us to the Paschal Eucharistic fullness of ecclesiastical life, to the home of the Father, to the communion of the Holy Spirit. In this case, too, the lifting of the cross comprises the way to the ineffable joy of the resurrection. Throughout these days, the pious people of Ukraine carry their own weighty cross as they suffer a hostile war which propagates pain and death. Co-suffering with our tested brethren and children, we intensify our supplication to the Lord of mercy and God of peace unto the immediate cessation of this conflict and the prevalence of justice and peace, which are a foretaste of the redeemed joy of the kingdom of God. With these sentiments, as we pray that the arena of fasting will prove smooth and our journey toward Pascha will be unimpeded, we invoke upon you our most honorable brothers in Christ and beloved children of the Church of Constantinople throughout the world, the life-giving grace and great mercy of Christ our God, who forever blesses the ascetic achievements of his people. Holy and Great Lent, Bartholomew of Constantinople. There's not much that could be added to that because he spoke very well of the ascetic nature of Lent. But I couldn't resist speaking about what today commemorates. Today is the day of cheese fair, if we're focused on the fasting or the end, the beginning of the fasting. Today is also Forgiveness Sunday, and today is the day in which we commemorate the expulsion from paradise of Adam and Eve. Forgiveness is our pathway to paradise. This is why these two things are brought together on this Sunday. Adam and Eve leaving paradise and how we can enter back into paradise. Our commander, Zacharias, says the first step on the way of our return to God, to paradise, is revealed to us in today's gospel reading. We must begin by forgiving all from our heart. He quotes St. Silouan saying, St. Silouan tells us that we truly forgive our brethren when we pray for them as we pray for ourselves. That's the litmus test. Can we pray for each and every person and most specifically our enemies, those who have wronged us? Can we pray for them as we pray for ourselves? If we can't, then we have more work to do. How often I hear, I've forgiven that person. Oh, I've forgiven that person. And yet forgiveness is something far, far deeper than simply saying, okay, I'm going to ignore the last experience or whatever situation happened, or I'm gonna try to put on a happy face toward that person. That's the beginning of forgiveness. The fullness of forgiveness is when we can pray for them as we pray for ourselves. In the Lord's Prayer, our Lord gives us this very difficult line. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, I've said more than once that this is our command to God. He has given us this prayer, the only prayer that he has given us. And we're saying to God through this prayer, forgive us only, if I may add a word, as much as we forgive others. 
Don't forgive me more than that could be another way to say it. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But he gives us this, this prayer because he loves us so much. Our commander at Zacharias says again, the Lord loves us so much that he laid down only one condition for our life, that we should be forgiving in equal manner to him. How is this a sign of this love, of his love? Because it sounds like a very heavy weight, if we're honest with ourselves, if we look around at the life that we have and the people that we still bear resentment toward. How is this a sign of his love? It really gets down to what is the eternal kingdom? What is eternal life? Because eternal life, heaven, is not a geographical place where we get all the material possessions that we wanted. Heaven is participation in him. Participation in everything that God is. Joy and love and peace and kindness and forgiveness and patience. It's participation in all of that. We know the joy that we feel when we feel love, when we feel peace, when we feel true forgiveness. All of that amplified beyond measure is what we will be experiencing eternally. That is what eternal life is. It's way better than anything we could imagine. And so in our weakness, sometimes the scriptures describe things of mansions and all of this. Why? To help us in our weakness. But it's way better than that. In light of this, we see how it is a sign of his love that he gave us this prayer. Because we can't participate in him if we're not like him. It's not possible. Our participation in him is in measure to our likeness to him. And so he has given us this prayer. And he gave this radical statement on forgiveness because he desires eternal life for us so much. Forgiveness is at the very heart of our lives. We either move toward forgiveness, toward God, toward our brother and sister, or we move away. It's not a static thing. It's constantly moving. Are we either moving toward forgiveness, toward God, toward our brother and sister, or are we moving away? But we're always moving. Zach, Elder Zacharias, one more passage. He says, Unless we forgive with all our heart, we shall neither be vouchsafed to love God. Not that God's love changes, but our love of God is directly related to our forgiveness. We shall neither be vouchsafed to love God as he deserves and as we owe him, nor shall we find true paradise. For the heart which truly loves the Lord cannot suffer that a single soul should perish. There's another litmus test. If we knew how horrific hell was, we would not desire it upon anyone. And yet, in the hardness of our heart, sometimes we don't care much if someone else is going down a path toward perdition. Or maybe they've wronged us, and so we don't care even more. If we continue in resentment, he says, against our brother, this shall in time grow into hatred. And hatred can become uncontrollable, that is, able to make us in the likeness 
We are always going formed in the likeness. Make us in the likeness of the author of hatred, which is the devil, even the murderer of men. This is again what we commemorate today, Adam and Eve and the serpent trying to kill them. So we partake in the likeness of God or we partake in the likeness of the evil one, depending on our forgiveness. I say these sobering words because today especially is a day that the church gives us to seek out forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness. We need to reach out to each and every one of those people and ask for their forgiveness. And the church gives us a way to do this very concretely for all of you in our community, is to come at 5 p.m. to Forgiveness Vespers, where we will go around and ask forgiveness of every person. And we will see the depth of sin in which it is interwoven with people that we didn't even think about or realize until we experience the communal asking of forgiveness. So I encourage you in this, not just today, but in our, the entirety of our lives, that we live out what our Lord has given us in his prayer. Amen. Let us all say with our whole soul, with our whole mind, let us say. Yeah.